Welcome to the Smug Film Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Clark. With me today is Anthony Kapfer. Hey. One-on-one. Oh, yeah. Mono-e-mono. Yep. That's right. Just two dudes hanging out. Just two dudes talking in the microphones, staring at each other. Yep. About 10 feet away from each other. Headphones on. Microphones in front of lips. Yep. Looking into each other's eyes. More like gazing, I would say. More like gazing. He's, he's, he's flashing his uh, eyelashes. <laughs> it's pretty move. interesting. That's my move. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be affecting you at all. No. I think I have to be female. <laughs> oh, okay. So Anthony Capra, you might know from the first uh, 10 or so episodes of the show, he used to do a uh, movie joke during the break, and then he stopped because <laughs> he got too busy, I guess. I don't know. Why'd you stop there, guy? I don't know what happened. People I, always ask about those. Yeah. Well, then why don't we bring them back? Maybe I'll do a, I'll do a joke for this one. All and right. And we'll start we'll start doing. Uh, Can you do one off the top of your dome? Oh, <laughs> uh, I forget. I had some that I that I sent you that I don't know if they ever got used. I think I used them all. What about the one about rear window? Mm, I see. I don't even remember now. I could just say that one. Just say just say the rear window one. Even if it's an old one, it'll yeah. be new to somebody. That's true. If you watch Rear Window in reverse, it's a movie about a guy who learns how to mind his own fucking business. <laughs> See, I would have totally used that one. And so I probably did use that one. Maybe. But I like that one. That's good. I like it too. Yeah. So yeah, uh, <laughs> Anthony Kapfer, I've known for many years now, right? Yeah probably known you for about four or five years maybe more yeah he was in uh, my first film shredder yeah playing ideas uh, for divorce that uh well that had to be that was at least five years ago yeah that was probably 2010 or 2009 even maybe i don't know yeah. depending on when we, we actually shot that little clip and we were we kind of knew each other for a little bit before that yeah man we've known each other a while yeah that's weird <laughs> We're getting old, I think. I think we've seen each other probably like eight or nine times. Yeah. But we've known each other a very long time. <laughs> For like eight years. Yeah. We're averaging once a year. <laughs> but we talk pretty often. We do. But you're, you're so busy, you're always gigging around town. Anthony Kapfer is a comedian, if you haven't picked up on that already, listeners. <laughs> he is a uh, stand-up comedy professional, performing okay. nightly. Oh, yeah. How many nights a week do you usually perform? Uh, most of the time, it's every night. And That's incredible. Yeah. Now and then I'll have a, a night off. I don't really choose my nights off right now. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of whenever someone doesn't want to book me. But <laughs> but uh, for the most part, it's it's pretty pretty consistent. Every, yeah. Every night. Yeah. I look at your dates and and your times, and it's like you're you're running around the city all night doing you know nine p.m., ten p.m., twelve a.m., etc. Yeah. 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 Through the night. Through the night. <laughs> So how did you, how did you get started? Cause I don't think I've ever actually looked you in the eyes and asked that. <laughs> how did you get started into standup? Because I actually, I probably knew you before you got into it. I mean, you yeah. were starting to do like funny stuff. Like you were doing funny YouTube stuff and you were doing yeah. funny songs, but you weren't really doing standup yet. How did that start? Yeah. I was kind of afraid to do standup. That's why it was the last of the comedy things that I tried. Hmm. So I was doing the, I was doing the videos. I was doing the, I did the funny songs and, um, also whatever band I was in at the time was breaking up. And, uh, I went to an open mic, a friend of mine. It's funny because you look like, uh, when the Beatles broke up, <laughs> yeah. you look like let it be era Beatles right now. <laughs> 
He's got quite the beard, Anthony Kaffer. I don't know if you know what he looks like, listeners at home, but Google him quick. He's got quite the beard, quite the long hair. He looks like one of those four portraits on the cover of uh, Let It Be. Yeah, if you put them all together. Yeah, <laughs> you just <laughs> squeeze all the photos together in Photoshop. That's yeah. what he's rocking That's right now. That's what I look like. <laughs> so yeah, the, the band broke up. band broke up. My friend invited me to an open mic because he had a friend in town that was doing stand-up for a little while. He was doing this open mic. I went to it and I watched about 15 terrible comedians. Oh, yeah. Up. Some of the worst comedians. And even if they seemed like they could have been funny people, the material was just the worst material I'd ever heard. Mm. And up until that point, I guess I had only seen stand-up on TV where it's all polished. And even I, I probably had been to stand up shows before, but it still was guys from TV doing their material that they, that was ready for TV. So I, I saw these guys that were not ready. And uh, I was like, man, I've been afraid to try this for my whole life. And I, I can do th what they're doing probably better than this, but if not just equally as bad. So I, I have a right to do it too. So then I, I already had these funny songs. So I knew that was going to be part of what I tried. And I had been on Twitter for a little while, and uh, I only really tweeted when I had some kind of funny idea. So I looked back, you know, a year or two worth of tweets, and uh, I had some one-liners. So I went back a week later, and I had five or six minutes of, of material. And I started with a friend of mine, and we would just go together to all the open mics, and we would film each other on our phones, and we would talk about what was good and what was bad, and we'd watch it. And that, I think that really helped. Well, you were used to watching yourself back at that point because you were doing videos and everything. So was, yeah. I guess that probably made it pretty easy to sort of hone things. Yeah. But it's great when you can see how uncomfortable you are mm. in a video. Because if your friend just tells you like, oh, change whatever it is, whatever, just watching yourself, it's so, like, it can be pretty painful in the beginning. Mm. And so you see yourself and you're like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want to look like that. Was there a moment where you felt yourself get into like a groove with it? I felt like I was, you always feel like you're good right away. Mm -hmm. So I thought I was doing pretty well. I did some shows and I was getting some laughs and stuff. But I think um, when I first started doing like weekend shows at comedy clubs, mm. I realized I wasn't as good as I thought. So it took me a while doing comedy clubs on the on the weekend to really feel like I was... Because, you know, when, when you're doing, a, let's say, a comedy club, right, on a Friday or Saturday, the people you're on the show with are way better than you right? if you're a new comedian. But when you're doing an open mic or some show at a bar that's like a free show or whatever, you kind of get a false sense of uh, that, you know, you feel like you're you're good. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm as good as everybody around me. Doing yeah, it's it. like you're the <laughs> smartest kid in like the resource room yeah. at school. Yeah. And then you go into a regular class and you're like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have it together at all. <laughs> so I think I started... Feeling, I started feeling like I was uh, getting good when the people around me on the shows were professionals and, you know, ha having to follow people that are making a living doing it. And when you're just kind of starting out, I think that was, that was when I started feeling like I was doing it for real. Mm. But I think when I first started, I, I, f I felt happy about what I was doing, but there's just stuff you can't be prepared for. You know, it took me a long time before I even had a heckler, mm. you know, so... I was always kind of Were you nervous. excited when you first got one? Uh, <laughs> a little bit, because I was so nervous for... I mean, it probably took me six months or something before I had a heckler. Right. 
and I was like looking at all these YouTube videos trying to figure out like how other people handle it. Mm. But well, it's you, kind of a rite of passage. Yeah. And you can't really, you, you can't have, I mean, so you can have some stock lines, I guess, but you pretty much have to just go with whatever is actually happening. You can't prepare for it other than having gone through it in the past right. and knowing how to not let somebody break you. So Was uh, it a drunk heckler? I think it always is a drunk heckler. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, it was kind of it was kind of bizarre. I feel like a sober heckler would would like say something that would really get to your core. Like that like a, <laughs> if a sober heckler like yeah. shouted out, like it would be something very pointed and very like <laughs> it's like wow, that was actually really well thought out criticism. Like that yeah. that stung. It's, which is something that mostly just happens in my personal life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Ex-girlfriend. Yeah, life something. is full of yeah. sober hecklers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People that are like, you're the most miserable person I've ever met. And you're like, wow, that's, there was no drinking involved in that. Yeah. That was just the person that got to know me <laughs> and decided. Yeah. So you are here because uh, you just came out with your first well, your first animated comedy special, but your first yeah. recorded comedy special, uh, Anthony Kapfer, the uh, animated comedy special. Did I get the title right? Uh, almost. Yeah. Anthony Kapfer, the animated stand-up comedy special. There you go. I wanted it to be easy to Google. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, it's optimized for the search engine. Yeah. You don't even need my name, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. I think you could put it in. Animated stand-up comedy special. I think so. Probably. I, there, I can't think of any others, honestly, off the top of my dome. Yeah, I, I tried to look it up, and so far, I believe that mine is the first, it's the first comedy special that's animated all the way through. I know there's been comedy that's been animated. People have animated bits and things like that, but I don't think a comedian has put out a special that is animated, so... Unless somebody can prove me wrong, I'm going to go ahead and say it's the first ever animated stand-up special. Right on. Yeah. And uh, hand-drawn. Hand-drawn. Hand-drawn, on, on animated. Yeah. On paper. Yeah. Black Sharpie, I assume. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I would. Uh, I drew uh, with pencil, and then I went over it in Sharpie. And uh, I used a lot of Sharpies, and I used a lot of, <laughs> a lot of computer paper. Yeah. So that was your budget, basically, Sharpies yeah. and computer yeah. paper. Did and you have to kickstart that or could no, you go into your no, own pocket for no Kickstarter. the Sharpies and the computer paper? I absorbed all of those costs. Yeah. So those, I, I actually watched it last night. It was very yeah. funny. And the thing that like, I wasn't expecting that I got from it was it brought me back to laying in bed at like two or three in the morning with my little TV when I was like maybe 14 or 15, when you're watching like Comedy Central at like 2 or 3 a.m. Yeah. And like something will come on that like you've never seen before. And you're like, well, what the fuck was that thing? Like you'll be <laughs> thinking about it for like years after. Like remember that like thing that came on on like Comedy Central at like 3 a.m.? It was like only on it like once or twice. And it was like this black and white, like stand up special. Like, remember that? And then like, you'd say that to people and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then finally, like you find the person who like knows what you're talking about. And like, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I remember it. That was, that's, that's a vibe I got from it. I felt like I was, you know, laying in bed watching like my little TV with the sound low yeah. at like two or three in the morning when I had to go to school the next day or something. <laughs> like it would have to be during a weekday that yes. it was on at like 3 a.m. Yeah. 
instead and, of like infomercials. <laughs> and that's the vibe I got from it. That's a good vibe. I think, yeah. you know, if you walked around and asked people if they had seen it, I think you get the same answer. <laughs> <laughs> no right. one has seen it. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much what I, I grew up watching stuff like that. Yeah. A, just these these weird cartoons that, well, some of them people had heard of. Well, but, yeah, but, uh, but uh, yeah. a lot of that, like MTV liquid television yes. stuff. and Yeah, liquid television. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it has that, that kind of vibe, like Dr. Katz, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have kind of like a, uh, you know, it, it's weird to think of like a low budget version of Squiggle Vision. But <laughs> <laughs> you, have, yeah. you have probably the most low budget version of Squiggle Vision, which is just flipping back and forth between static images that are just sort of slightly redrawn or slightly shaken or yeah yeah was that your technique did you draw it twice or did you yeah yeah uh, every uh every shot is is drawn twice and then the mouths are all cutouts so with those two drawings that are going back and forth the mouths are changing mm. so it's it's less drawings than like photos right so i i took i i used my iphone to uh, capture the the images, <laughs> so there were more there were more images than drawings because of the the different mouths. Maybe like four different yeah. mouth styles. It's funny because the the iPhone thing that you that you just said, I wouldn't have thought it was an iPhone. I would have thought it was like a you know a better camera. Like it it almost has like a uh, if you ever see like um, cartoons where it's like filmed like paper mm -hmm. you know and stuff. It it looks like just a like a filmed cartoon almost yeah. like i it's hard to describe i just it, it's almost like you get shadows on the pages yeah yeah which uh i think adds to it and makes it like it it doesn't look like um like one of those like flash animated things that i hate because it's yeah. it, those get so clean yeah and you can and yeah. the movement of objects the way that you can sort of drag objects across or like do pans they always look very stuttered and bad yeah like i i'm not a i'm not a flash animation guy it has to be something really good for me to get into it uh if it's flash and it, it was great to see something somebody made with their hands essentially yeah i mean that's uh, i think all my favorite cartoons were done not on flash yeah <laughs> at yeah. least at one point i guess most of them are well i don't even know what they use now but it's like a combo of Flash and a couple other like animated software things, but it's, yeah. you know, it always ends up having that sterile feel nowadays. I mean, if you, if you turn on like what kids are watching as far as cartoons now, you're like, oh, that's just like a web video. Yeah. Like, that's not, that's, nobody's working on that. Like yeah, we kind of really cheap and kind of lazy. When we were kids, we kind of had maybe the last wave of people actually drawing shit. Yeah. They don't even draw stuff for animated movies anymore. No. But uh, yeah, I didn't want to have something that, that looked super clean. Well, partly, I, I mean, I don't think I would even be able to do that because I'm not, I don't have much of a background sure. in animation, but I've made a couple of little cartoons. But, uh, but I did grow up watching all the kind of crudely done cartoons, you know, liquid television, which, and then, which is where Beavis and Butthead started. But Beavis and Butthead was like, a, you know, I was, I guess I was probably like nine years old when I found that so that that was like a big uh influence dr katz also yeah i'm pretty sure that was being drawn by hand yeah all that stuff it's just like uh i just i like how, how gritty it looks yeah it adds something for yeah. sure and I, I like the the shadows on the on the paper you know it wasn't really intentional but when you have a camera and and a light 
yeah and then you shadows look at it when you bring it in and you're like oh yeah it's like things that are unintentional start to add to the aesthetic and you're like they almost feel intentional even though they weren't conscious yeah, yeah. so yeah if, you, if you're listening to this and you're like yeah i like all that stuff i, I want to check it out if you are a a smug film patreon donor which means you you donate at least a dollar a month to the show and you get bonus episodes and bonus content. We send you free stuff from time to time. Well, this is a free thing we're sending you. Yeah. In your inbox, you're getting a link. If you are a Patreon donor, you probably have it right now in your inbox because the episode is up because I'm talking to you right now. See, I'm putting myself in the future. We're in the future right now. <laughs> yeah. I have, to, <laughs> I have to remember that we're in the future mm-hmm. when people are listening to this. So in your inbox right now is a link to download Anthony Kapfer's 30 minute, yeah. you know, it's 30 minute comedy special, all animated. You can watch it. You can experience that. And, uh, I hope you enjoy it and, and tell a friend to pay for it. Yeah. Tell, <laughs> tell some other guy or share it for free. That's okay too. Yeah. Know, but share, share it to one friend and make a different friend pay for it. <laughs> a but friend that you don't like as much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your best buddy, yeah. share it. Yeah. Some guy you know at work, tell him to download it, pay five bucks. Yeah. 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 And it's a, it's a $5 thing because you can't really release a comedy special for more than $5 anymore. I love that that's become the set price. It's kind of yeah. interesting where like Louis C.K. did it and mm-hmm. then everybody else was like, yeah, $5 sounds like an all right price. And it yeah. just it just became the price. It's like when CDs at a certain point, like $10 just became yeah. the price of like a CD. Yeah, like and just, then if you saw one for fourteen ninety nine, you were like, fuck, "Yeah, fuck this, man. <laughs> yeah, what am I made of money?" Yeah, <laughs> and like on iTunes, when iTunes first rolled out, it was always oh nine ninety nine yeah. all the albums. But uh, yeah, five dollars has just become the price for stand up specials, whether it's like a half hour special or sixty minutes, seventy minute, whatever. It's just yeah. kind of the price. I remember um, Nick DiPaolo put one out maybe six months ago or so. Oh yeah. And he put one out for like seven bucks. And like, and I was like, oh man, it's like $7. That's too much. That's yeah. steep. It just felt like, to, I, I mean, I got it anyway, yeah. but it just felt like I felt the steepness of it, which is strange because <laughs> a year ago, two years ago, $5 wasn't the price for standup. Yeah. Like if you wanted to see a standup thing, you had to go buy the DVD and usually you're paying like 12 bucks, 10 bucks, 13 bucks, whatever. Yeah. But it's just, it's become so ingrained in our mind. $5 equals stand-up. Do you like that? Do you like that that price? I like it. Uh, it's, you know, it's it's a fair price. I I mean, I, I'm not going to say no to more, but that's... Right. <laughs> well, the thing is... By the way, guys, if you're listening and you want to give them more money <laughs> yeah. for the special, please. Yeah, that's yeah. an option. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, you... you it's uh, five dollars is the is the minimum, and then it goes up to uh, infinity. But- yeah, if you're listening and you have a top hat and a nice mustache, <laughs> and five dollars is like a penny to you, yeah, please give them fifty dollars for the special and yeah, go for not? it. Why not? Yeah, but I, but I like to I like that it's low enough that pretty much anybody can can buy it no matter what's going on. Yeah, because times are tough, you know. Times are tough, and uh, I just want people to see it. I'm not going to get rich off of this. No. But I just, I want people, that's why it's cool if they, even if they just share it for, for free, you know, it's like just getting, getting people to know that I made it. Yeah. That I made the special. It's like a calling card at this point. It's like, yeah, you just want people to, you know, enjoy it and you want people to associate it with you. And yeah. and that's a beautiful thing. 
yeah, and then you know, it's not it's not the last thing I'm gonna make. Nope. Assuming that I live long enough to make the next thing. Are you gonna do? <laughs> is the next one gonna be like CGI and 3D? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 3D CGI stand-up comedy special. Animated. I don't know. I don't know where to go from from this. You gotta go to the third dimension. You think so? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you sh it should be red and blue glasses or if it should be like real <laughs> like official movie theater. Yeah. Glasses. I always had an idea that I wanted to have a uh, a live stand-up show that people came to. And when they were walking in, you give them those 3D glasses, the red and blue. Yeah. And for no reason, because it's, <laughs> it's 3D, because it's real life. But yep. I just thought it would be more enjoyable if everybody walked in and got a pair of glasses. And That's a great idea. <laughs> I like I've, that. I've never done it, but I, but I want to. <laughs> I think you should. So um kind of wanted to talk about stand-up specials as films yeah because when we were thinking about doing this episode that kind of came up when we were talking about it because it's a strange thing that stand-up specials are in because they're not really considered films yeah they're not really considered tv because they're not episodic they're not whatever unless it's like one of those like specifically comedy central presents like serious yeah. things yeah. it's not really considered like concerts really unless it's like huge like a big kevin hart thing becomes like yeah. a big concert because he's performing at a stadium or whatever yeah, yeah the madison square garden it's in this something. weird like category where you know you have there are stand-up specials where it's like spike lee directed a couple he yeah he directed like a john Leguizamo one back in the 90s he did the original kings of comedy yeah i mean you have like i think a, he did some recently too I yeah forget who i i i'm like one that Blanken. came out this year, I think he, he directed. Yeah, yeah. And but they're not seen as like films. And I remember um, Louis C.K. when he came out with, I think it was hilarious. Yeah, he specifically wanted to create a concert film, you know, a, a stand-up comedy concert film, and it didn't really do too well because people didn't understand what the fuck that was. Because, <laughs> like, I know what he means. You yeah. know what he means. Yeah. A lot of people know what he means, but. For some reason, it's like a brainwashing thing where people have been trained to not think of stand-up as film. Yeah. And when he brought that out, it didn't do as well as like the other ones. Like he, he had like a limited run. He probably could have made more doing the $5 thing, but it was a thing that he wanted to do. Like he, yeah. it, it's a gorgeous looking special, but it just, it, I don't know. People, people don't know where to classify stand-up. And it's kind of weird because, you know, I look back on stand-up specials and I treasure them in my memory as much as I treasure like movies that I adore, like mm -hmm. the stand-up specials I adore, like um, Martin Lawrence, You So Crazy. Oh yeah. That's one of my favorite things <laughs> ever to exist, ever. <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm a film guy, but I would put that in maybe like my top 20, top 10 favorite films. Cause that okay. was, that was filmed. They put, they shot it on film, right? Yeah. Oh. It was a special, but it would, it's a film. It was filmed. It's a, Especially now that we're in a time where so much stuff is shot on HD or whatever. When you look back at something like a stand-up special that's shot on film, yeah, it's like, well, how can you deny that that's that's a film that 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 that, that belongs in the category of films? Yeah, I don't I don't know why. I'm not sure why people don't get behind it like that. Maybe because they're shorter than movies. So Sometimes they're, they're like short films. Yeah, they, that's a good point because they usually hover around 60 minutes, 70 minutes. Yeah. And movies that hover around that, they're usually art house. They're usually, um, yeah. you know, some kids' films hover around that. But I would say, like, as far as like 
arty stuff. It's usually like there's some foreign directors like Kurzmaki does movies that are like 70 minutes long. Yeah. etc. But it's not the same kind of crowds going to see those movies. No. That are wanting to see stand up specials. So I don't know. Not sure what the yeah what the answer is. I remember when um, <clears throat> Martin Lawrence brought out one called Run Tell That. That okay. came out in theaters. Oh, oh, yeah. And I remember that one did really poorly. And then he didn't really do anything after that one. And it was a good special. Like, uh, You So Crazy is like a fucking five-star classic in yeah. my book. But Run Till That was like good, too. But I remember it came out and it came out in like pretty limited release. It would play in like the black movie theater. Yeah. Like it would, it, it wasn't playing everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of people saw it. And that, I remember that was like, some sort of dividing line. Cause I remember original Kings of comedy did really well. Yeah. And that maybe was like a couple years prior. And then this came out and then that was kind of like the mm, demarcation line of like, all right, well now they're not films anymore. Yeah. But I wonder if the fact that there's no storyline is part of what makes people not, uh, I mean, even though you can, you can watch like an experimental film. That's not a, that doesn't have a story. Yeah. Right. And it's still a film, but, uh, stand up, specials i i like uh i kind of like when people do something a little different like zach alfanakis the the purple onion uh live at the purple onion yeah that could that's one of those ones you could argue as a film because it does have a through line yeah because it's it would have been cool to see that whole show Mm -hmm. you're really only getting parts of the show and you're getting like behind the scenes footage and then also mockumentary footage where he's doing the his his brother character Seth Galvin. Seth, yeah. See that that kind of thing usually doesn't work. Yeah. For some reason, like even really funny stand-up like guys, when they do like the intro where they're like getting ready, yeah, or whatever, usually it sucks. And then <laughs> and then the stand-up is actually like really good. Like yeah, even like classic ones, like Eddie Murphy ones, like the intro sucks or oh, like, like Raw Eddie Murphy. Yeah, Raw. yeah. That might be. It's it's a weird. But I I thought about that mm-hmm. intro. Even though it's not, that's not really that great of a special, I don't think. It would, the ego was, was so yeah. inflated by that point. I don't, I don't know. But, but I, li- I, I appreciate the intro. You, but you're saying you don't like it. I'm saying I like stand-up comedy specials that if somebody like filmed an intro and then yeah. they watch it and they're like, eh, it wasn't so good. It's just like fucking leave it off. Leave it, yeah. You know, like I, I know Jim Gaffigan sometimes has like intro bits. That it's like, oh, where he's like eating yeah. in the dressing room. It doesn't, before. it's like, it, you don't need that. Yeah. And I remember, um, I think it was Chelsea Peretti's special. Mm-hmm. She had like a long intro and like, yeah. I was, I was like, fast forward and at a certain point I was like, this isn't, is this the whole thing? Like I didn't understand when it was supposed to stop. Eventually I just got fed up with it and I just turned it off. Yeah. But I, I got, I think I got like 10 minutes in and they were still doing like filmed like intro shit. It yeah. just really bugged me. But um, I mean, Purple Onion, Zach Galifianakis is special. I've seen yeah. that many times. That's it's so good. The, the mockumentary stuff is funny. The, yeah. the behind the scenes stuff is funny. The actual standups funny. That's like a perfect synthesis. Yeah. And that's something like you or I who who sees stand-up specials as important. Yeah. That's something we can point to for like somebody who maybe is uninitiated to that and be like, see, look, that's like a film. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's totally a film. It's got, it's, it's like three different films. Yeah. Cause he could have released it with just the, uh, just the show. Right. 
or he could have done something that was just behind the scenes kind of stuff. David Cross did a, a documentary like that. Yeah. Uh, Let America Laugh, mm-hmm. where it was didn't even really focus on his actual stage show. It was all the behind the scenes stuff. Or he could have just done the uh, the mockumentary stuff. Yeah. And made a film like that. Well, uh, Comedians of Comedy. Yeah. That, that did pretty well on TV. That got ran a lot. Yeah. And there was kind of, there was like the film of the it. The film, yeah, I saw the film. And there was like, they did a series of it mm-hmm. where they did like maybe, they turned the film into like eight episodes yeah. and added like a couple extra scenes. I thought that was really great. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just a really good documentary. I mean, it's one of those things where like, even if I didn't like the comedians, I probably would have still dug it because I just liked the story being told of these guys just, you know, in a, in a van kind of. Yeah. You don't really see that that much. Yeah. I mean, you kind of see it with bands and stuff, but you don't see a lot of comedians living their life. I don't, and I don't think people think about it. Yeah. You don't think about where that comedian's going to go when they're done telling you about whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's true. I mean, they're often either they're going back to like a van to drive somewhere else or they're going back to a hotel hotel yeah, or whatever. I mean, you often hear of like the loneliness on the road. Yeah. Have you done much, much road traveling? I've done, I've done a fair amount. This time last year, I I was just finishing up uh, a month in Canada. That was pretty cool. And then, um, since then, nothing that's been like a month long but i've done like you know a week of shows here and there like uh, i was in san francisco i did i was in pittsburgh just wherever they'll uh wherever they'll have me mm. do you but, find it lonely out there on the road does it, like does anything set in when you're when you're doing that yeah it can be kind of lonely where was i it was a couple it was like a a month or two ago i was in uh little rock arkansas and I just went, I went totally by myself. I had, you know, got a hotel room. I didn't know anyone in the city and, uh, it was pretty lonely. I ended up just staying in the hotel room most of the time watching, uh, Seinfeld and, uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. Right on. Yeah. And I love Walker, Texas Ranger, man. <laughs> I never really watched it that, that much when, uh, when it was on. But. I didn't either. I came into it late, later on in life. Yeah. I think I was flipping around one night, like 2 a.m., yeah. Saw, saw it on like PAX TV, yeah. you know, and you just start watching it and you're like, well, I could watch a whole episode of this. <laughs> but when you're in, uh, when you're in, in Arkansas, I yeah. guess they probably have their own, it's like a Walker, Texas Ranger network. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> I saw a lot of gun commercials, was, but it's weird. I was trying to find some kind of nightlife, you know, I tried to find some, some bars and just places to, that people would hang out. Yeah. It didn't seem like there was that much going on. So I, like I just performed and then when I was done, I was just hanging out in the hotel. Mm. So, and I'm sure that's not what people assume. They don't think you're just like watching reruns in the <laughs> hotel room until it's time to, time to perform. And then going right back, getting like uh, some fast food. A lot of fast food on the road. Yeah. You don't really eat that healthy. It's kind of what's reliable, I guess. It's kind of where you can just go and be like, all right, I, at least I know what I'm getting. Yeah, mm-hmm. or you think you do. Right? <laughs> you don't know what's inside it technically on a molecular level, but yeah. you, it's a familiar, it's familiar shape. Yeah. It's <laughs> a familiar packaging. Yeah. It's also whatever is open late. Yeah. Like in in bigger cities, you know, in New York, when I'm done with shows, even if it's after midnight, I can usually find something that's halfway decent to eat. But, yep. But well, know. on you know, on McDougal around 
you know, where you perform, you got mamoons and you got like, you got a bunch of options. Yeah. So you don't have to get fast food, but like, uh, I was in Arkansas. There was no, there was nothing. There was, there was McDonald's or, uh, or that's it. You drive around, find some roadkill and yeah, cook something up on a hot plate in your hotel room, <laughs> but that's about it. Not going to be any salads. No. Not, no salad bars open at, at one in the morning. Yeah. I want to ask you too about something. I'm, I'm, I assume you're familiar with the show Louie. Yes. The intro on Louie, which has become kind of like iconic at a certain point. Mm-hmm. I, I, for one, love that that's become iconic. Yeah. For one, because it's geographically correct. Mm-hmm. And usually anything depicting New York City, like somebody's walking like across the street and all of a sudden they're like uptown or they're oh, downtown yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I love when something has like an actual continuity and is an actual like walk or location or whatever. Like I remember there was backlash about the new ghostbuster movie that's coming out because they made up some fucking like subway station that oh, really? can't possibly exist <laughs> and like everyone was in uproar online i hate that shit that shit always gets under under my skin but i love that the louis walk in mm-hmm. the beginning is an actual walk oh yeah from the west forest street station yes you go to you, Ben's Pizza. Yeah, you hit the pizza place and then right to the comedy cellar. Yeah. That's a walk anybody can do whenever oh, they yeah. want. Oh, yeah. It's a walk that I do often. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I ex-girlfriend lived right across from comedy cellar. Oh, yeah. That was my walk to her house. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't stop for pizza along the way, but that was literally my walk Oh yeah, you don't need to pizza. her apartment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a vegan boy. Ben's is, you're missing out. Maybe get it without the cheese. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know if I can get a slice without cheese. I think they'd be angry with me. Like, <laughs> can you bake a whole pizza with no cheese just so I can have a slice of just what, marinara sauce and bread? What if they just rip off the cheese and put it on my <laughs> slice? They probably could. It would probably peel away in one piece. Yeah, I think it would. <laughs> but yeah, that's from the pizza place to the comedy cellar. That's about 20 feet. Yep. So that's a, it takes a, you're pretty much watching it in real time in the, in the, in the TV show. Yeah. Anybody who want, who comes to New York city wants to do something that, you know, is slightly touristy, but isn't actually touristy because mm-hmm. nobody else is doing it. Do the Louie walk. Do the Louie walk. Yeah. Get off from West 4th street, yeah. turn, walk down, turn in the end. You're at the comedy cellar. You don't have to go in. You don't have to go in. You it, can sing the theme song to yourself as you, you could, walk. You know, that, that, but do the Louie walk. Yeah. Yeah. Kids. <laughs> Something that the whole family can enjoy. Yeah. Louis interesting because he's he's essentially doing short films. Yeah. He's getting away with it by calling it television. Yeah. Because nobody's gonna, <laughs> no one's calling. I mean, these are one. these things. It's like nobody's nobody cares about short films. Nobody cares about experimental shorts. Yeah. He does. He's a nerd for that shit. He yeah. he's been a nerd for that shit since way back. Like you look back at the first stuff he did. Oh man, those shorts that he did are great. Yeah. And, but that's like very niche, like that's film festival shit, like mid nineties kind of film festival shit. But that's the kind of thing that he's doing now. And it's, it's cloaked in television. It's, it's, I've always felt that's his way of getting away with doing what he would want to do, which is just make interesting shorts. Yeah. And I think that's been a really successful show. Are you a fan of Louis? I am. He's, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that he's influenced my stand-up that much mm-hmm. but he i'm a big fan of what he does i i don't really do what he does but but i uh I, yeah i like him a lot although I, I i i do make some i make shorts 
Right. So offstage, he's a, somewhat of a, an influence because you can just seeing that he can that he's doing all that, and the fact that he he writes it, stars in it, directs it, edits it. I mean, uh, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, and he's yeah. a he's a good filmmaker. He's really good. But he's again, we're falling into this trap where yeah, when people talk about Louis being great, they're talking about Louis the comedian. Yeah, they're not talking about Louis the filmmaker. And he's he's just as good as anybody else. Yeah, I mean. I, I put some of those Louis episodes uh, against uh, some Woody Allen films. Sure, and there's there's drama in some of those episodes that's yeah. probably better than half the you know indie dramas that get you yeah. know praised every year. Yeah, he's doing some important stuff, but uh, I wonder if it's a thing of like just stand up is seen as a distraction, a thing you laugh at and move on or whatever. I think it is because uh, for the most part, people aren't getting successful from stand-up first mm. if you look at louis as an example he uh i mean he was doing okay with stand-up but it wasn't until he had his tv show that he became the biggest star in the world the biggest yeah. stand-up comedian in the world so it's really more that his show is helping his stand-up career than his i mean his stand-up is not helping his show become successful you know right i mean he's it, it is in the fact in the sense that he's good at it if he wasn't a good stand-up his show wouldn't be good but well it's become it's evolved to the point where it's like a symbiotic thing mm-hmm. whereas at a certain point maybe a couple years ago more years ago it was that the the show is hitting off yeah and then that created more of a demand for the stand-up yeah the fact that he's in people's living rooms weekly is helping him sell tickets which is the classic thing i mean that that was the thing in the 90s and yeah. that was that yeah. that's what it is, you know. Martin, I I'm Mar- keep yeah, I keep yeah, up bringing Martin. a Martin. Mar- I Lawrence. watch Martin. I watch yeah. Martin a lot. Martin's I, Martin's a great show. Yeah, and that definitely helped him. And uh, you know, Cosby too, to a certain extent. Oh yeah, Cos- the Cosby show was. I mean, he was a huge comedian, but um, that put him over the top. Yeah, that that's even, the thing. Even with before, even not stand up like uh, the monkeys. Right. They weren't even a real band. No. <laughs> it was a TV show about a fake band and they sold records because they were in people's living rooms. It was just a 30-minute advertisement for the records. Yeah. So that's that that definitely helps. But it it's interesting that people I just uh I don't know. Maybe that's why stand up like you can't uh can't really make as much money off of it. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. It's got to be something else. Every comedian has to be an actor or has to write a film or yeah or be in some new apatow or yeah for like a couple minutes and people are like oh that guy and like i i've noticed that like roasts have been a thing too where yeah. like somebody does well on a roast like amy schumer jeselneck yeah, yeah. and then suddenly you know they're playing bigger theaters yeah. they're getting specials well because the roasts are televised yeah and yeah. everybody's watching them and they're like who's that guy yeah. And it's not like they were any better or worse the day before they did the roast. <laughs> they were still at the ability that they could have been doing specials. It's just people, enough people saw them and it created that demand. Well, that's what happens. You get on TV and then you start making more money. You start playing bigger rooms, start getting bigger crowds to come see you. But you don't necessarily get better just because you did something on TV. No, it's just so, a, the exposure puts you in people's minds more. Yeah, and that's that's really what it is. There's a lot of people that are thrust into the spotlight slightly before they're really ready just because they got some kind of opportunity. Mm. 
Well, you see that with YouTube stuff. You see that oh, with yeah. like, uh, you know, Bo Burnham was getting millions of hits and oh yeah, but he it, became basically a a popular standup overnight. It was like once he decided yeah. to do it, he had that audience that he could just do it. But he, I think he was ready for it because he's he's brilliant. Yeah, he put the stuff out and it wasn't like people were like, oh, it was okay. It's like everybody that likes him was like, yeah, that was great. Yeah, I mean, he's doing stuff that uh, that no one's doing. Yeah. He has a he has his own voice. Yeah, yeah, he's really good, and he's he's so young. <laughs> yeah, he's like what he's. See, I always think, still think of him as like Justin Bieber, like fifteen year old age, but he's probably like twenty six, twenty seven by now. He might, yeah, he's somewhere. He's probably somewhere near mid twenties. But yeah. when he did his first special, he was probably like nineteen, and when he did the second one, he was probably like twenty two or something. It's incredible. They're both great. Are, are they are they still on Netflix? I uh, maybe one of them. I remember they they both went through the, the Netflix so thing. He's it's so he's so quick, uh, so much uh, wordplay. Yeah, and then uh, like that. What's I don't even know how to ex- how to describe that thing that he does at the end of the second special with the. It's kind of like uh, I didn't get that far. <laughs> oh, you didn't get that far. Uh. He he kind of irritates me, but not in a sense where like I'm like, well, he's not talented. No, it's like it's just I. It's like I watch him. Like all right, I get it. Like I don't, I don't need to see more than ten minutes of this. It's, it's you not, see? it's not very watchable for me. I don't like, I don't like the pace of it as far as watching an entire thing. You should watch, watch it in, in pieces. <laughs> yeah, I'll break it's, it up into episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah, ten minute episodes. Don't think about it as a film. Think about it as episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, who else do you do you like right now? I like and even uh, even people that people haven't heard of. You know, even just. Well, I'm trying to think of specials. Um, Maria Bamford. Yeah, I, that was, one with her parents, right? Yeah, the special, special, special. Fucking incredible. I like. See, that's a fucking film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no case that could be made <coughs> that that is not a film. That is a beautifully put together film. Yeah. That's got a beginning, middle, and end. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, this is a special she did to her parents. Yeah, in their living room. It's the only audience she had. It was yeah. just her parents sitting on a couch. She did a special. I think it was. I think there was somebody else handling like lights and like yeah. I music. think she had a little bit of a crew. Oh yeah, she had like a, a keyboard player. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and every ten minutes she'd go into the kitchen and uh, take out some cookies from the oven or something. It was fucking incredible. It was it was great. That's a film. That, I, that's yeah. a goddamn film. Yeah. To me, any good special, even bad special, it's a to me it's a film. But that's that's one of those ones that could convince people that have no idea what we're talking about right now. Yeah. I, I like when people do something a little different. It's not she it's not technically a live a live special, but but it is. I mean, you're getting yeah. all of her material. She's doing all, she's doing her act. Well her parents are hearing it in real time. Yeah. You know? I like it. I, I think doing something weird like that is is refreshing. Yeah. That's really one of the best I've seen in a while, I think. Because it's cool, you know, I'd be happy to do like a, a comedy central half hour you know i'm not saying no to that but the fact that they can do these kind of cookie cutter specials it's just nice when somebody does something like like what maria bamford did because yeah. it's totally her own voice mm-hmm. the look of it the location how it's all put together it's totally her it's not just uh, you know some network throwing it all together yeah i remember so. one came out i want to say a year ago that was the one that Harlan Williams did mm-hmm. where he did a special with no audience in the desert. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see this one. And I so wanted it to be good. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it didn't fully 
come together, I don't think. Hmm. But the idea was just beautiful. It was basically just him in the desert, like talking to like tortoises and like animals and just it, cool. it was like a very long monologue almost <laughs> of just one man in the desert doing a special to no audience and no people. That's pretty funny. It's a great fucking idea. I just don't know if the execution fully landed, mm-hmm. but that there's a film, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's it's an idea. It's ex- ex- experimental comedy special, yeah. which, which is not even a category of, of comedy <laughs> specials, really. No. But it can be. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite uh, comedy albums, Andrew Dice Clay, Day the Laughter Died, which is, I mean, that's, that's a work of art. Mm-hmm. That's him... Off the top of the dome, people not fully getting what he's doing, people walking out. Yeah. It's a beautiful document. It's one of those things where, like, even if you don't think it's funny, it's pretty fucking interesting. There's a drama to it that I yeah. think is captured. I love when the drama <laughs> is captured with a, a stand-up special. Like, um, there's that Neil Hamburger one that he did at, like, a dog racetrack. <laughs> Have you seen that one? <laughs> no, I haven't seen Oh, that. my God, you would love it. I like Neil Hamburger. Yeah. He's, he's he, pretty, he, I mean, pretty pretty Greg cool. Turkington, he's, he's wonderful. <laughs> He did a special, I think it's like Neil Hamburger at like whatever dog track. I think that's just what it's called. But it's, um, you know, it's everybody's there for like the dog track races or whatever. And then yeah. there's like a bar area and he's just performing on a stage there. And it's, it's the perfect audience of people who have no idea who he is whatsoever <laughs> and have no idea what to make of him. And it, it's a drama because it's fun watching him have the audience yeah. and then lose it intentionally. Yeah. And then have them again. And he he is so fucking skilled at playing the audience like a fiddle. Like he yeah. he knows when to throw out a joke that he knows isn't even funny. <laughs> just to get them to like quiet a bit. Mm-hmm. And then he can bring them back up. Yeah. He, he's really incredible. And people classify him as like, oh, anti-comedy or whatever. It's like, no, he, <laughs> that that's pretty fucking difficult to like be able to have so much control over where you take the people watching you. Mm. I mean, that's, that's staggeringly difficult. And, and in this special, it's people that didn't know who he was. Right. Which is how it's supposed to be. Because mm-hmm. if you have a bunch of people that came to see Neil Hamburger specifically, he's not going to be able to control them like that. Because well, they, they get, they're in on the joke. He can't be, he can't do his thing, really. He has to, yeah. it's, it's even harder, you know, because it's like. Because they're all in on it. Yeah, they're all in on the joke. And you see that that in on itness with a lot of specials where like the audience is all one hundred percent diehard fans. Yeah, it takes on this quality where like like Kevin Hart's like last three or four. Mm-hmm. There's maybe like ten minutes of good material in each of them. Mm-hmm. Whereas like his first couple, I thought were fucking fantastic. Like uh, I'm a grown little man, and uh, oh, yeah. I forget the uh, seriously funny. Those two are really good. And then right after that, he started doing huge fucking stadiums. Yeah. Everybody knew who he was. Everybody was going crazy. And you can't bomb. You can't bomb. You and can't you have also, a real moment. You can get away with 15 minutes of actual like good stuff because yeah. they're just there to see the big show and they're they're happy they're seeing Kevin Hart. Yeah. I think th- and that's probably why the, the last uh, special that, that Louis did was, uh, was at a comedy club. Right. Because he, he did a bunch of those theaters and then arenas and so he, he wanted to take it back to kind of the reality but uh i also like the have you seen the uh the mitch hedberg uh half hour the comedy central yep you can you can watch the the unedited one. Oh wow i don't which, think i've seen that one 
it it was it, it was on the DVD, but na- and now you could find it on YouTube. Mm. Uh, so I, I had I did see it, you know, back back then when the when the DVD was out. They they gave you both versions. And uh, what's cool about watching it is that it wasn't his audience. It was mm. just it was people that came in that didn't know who he was. And for the first like fifteen minutes, he was struggling to get the audience to get him. Right. You know they they weren't fully on board which is not how you want to go into your your comedy central special no. so it, when you watch the unedited one it takes it takes about 15 minutes and uh and then he starts he starts getting them he starts killing and then uh he does what was supposed to be the special and then he's like all right i'm gonna just do some some old ones hmm. and he starts doing stuff that were you know from his albums and stuff and when you watch the edited one they kind of just sprinkle in all of the the old material in and like it's you're watching it in a whole new order. It's not the set that he did. Yeah, it's very Frankenstein. <clears throat> yeah, but but both versions are great. It's great to see the the edited one where everything's working and you know everyone's laughing. But it's cool to see what really happened and watch him win over a crowd that was like kind of whatever about him. Yeah, and the fact that he could do that it sucks that he had to. But it's also it's cool to see. You don't see that in in a special. No, you never see warts and all, really. Yeah, and and I like listening to to Mitch Hedberg albums because for that reason he he would he would be doing really well, but then he would just decide to do a new joke mm-hmm. in the, on his album, and you know sometimes the joke wasn't even finished. Yeah, and he's <laughs> yeah, but he still was excited about it, so he wanted to put that on there. Yeah, just just because of his own excitement about what he was doing, and it's cool that none of his albums are like polished to the point of being sterile. Well, you kept in a great moment like that on your own special where you were, you were trying to joke and you couldn't get it out. I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen the special yet, but you kept in that wart that I think eventually that wart turned into like a diamond like that. It was better than the the bit. (laughs) I kept, I kept messing up the joke. Yeah. And, and, uh, I, I did the set that is, is on there. It's a 30-minute cartoon. I'm doing probably like 20 minutes of stand-up. But I did a 40-minute set that night. And I, and I, you know, I cut out a lot of material and stuff. But, but I, I wanted to leave that in. And, and I wanted to leave it in because of what I was just talking about. Like, the, you know, those, those kind of Mitch Hedberg moments that he left in on his albums. Yeah. He, he had some moments like that where he, he left in some crowd work. It's just stuff that could only have happened once. Right. But he still left it in on his album. And yeah, it's, if anybody it's really hasn't cool. heard that stuff, yeah, they got to listen to that. Oh, yeah. It's all of his stuff. Really good. Yeah. He doesn't have a bad album. No. They're all great. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Anthony Kapfer. See you soon. Hello, Smug Film fans. Did you know that Smug Film now has a voicemail box? Just call the following phone number. 7183959711 and leave a question or a comment about the show along with your name and we may play it on the future episode. Thank you for listening and now back to the show. And now, Chloe Peltier reviewing a movie she's seen parts of while working at the theater. So I was working Mockingjay Part 2 today. I always work the Hunger Games movies around this time of year. And they never really emotionally affect me at all. Like, nothing grabs me enough to make me want to watch them. But I was surprised today because there was this scene involving a cat that really grabbed me. And 
It almost made me cry, actually, which like never happens with those movies. And now that I think about it, all the other cat scenes and all the other movies are awesome, too. If anything, the whole cat subplot would be a great short film if they just edited all the movies, like cut out all the like catness shit and just kept only the cat shit. It'd be a great movie. It'd probably only be like 10 minutes long, but I'd watch it. And um, I don't know. It's like the aesthetics of the cat scenes are great. The uh, themes of the cat scenes are great. They're emotional. It really pulls off the whole dystopian environment and feeling for the characters. Whereas for the rest of the scenes, I don't really feel for those guys. I can't put myself in it. But I think because you can connect to the idea of like visiting your old house and and, uh, seeing a cat that you've seen a million times show up, like I feel stuff when I watch those, those scenes, but I don't feel stuff when I watch the rest. So it's like, yes, man, like fuck the Katniss shit, but give me the cat shit. Thanks, Chloe. And now back to the show. All right. Welcome back. Before we get into it, we have three plugs. Of course, you know them by now if you've heard the last couple episodes, but Bobby Slow on Twitter. Are you familiar with Bobby Slow, Anthony? Uh, no, I'm not. Well, you should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bobby Slow, I don't know what kind of followers you're pulling. Mm-hmm. Bobby Slow, he's got 273 people that he is following. Okay. He's got 1,110 people that he has as followers. That's good. That's a good ratio. That's a really good ratio. What's it? I mean, do you have a good ratio on there? Not as good as that. That's a fucking phenomenal <laughs> ratio. Bobby Slow's killing it on the Twitter. Yeah. We're going to read a tweet from Bobby Slow. Okay. Because Bobby Slow's a Patreon donor. We like Bobby Slow. He sends like us money him. every month. He's nice. a good guy. He's a handsome individual. Seems great to me. Yeah. Here's a good Bobby Slow tweet. I don't have time for Fallout 4. I'm too busy making things better for the disadvantaged. <laughs> that's that's how great a person Bobby Slow is. <laughs> yeah. I'll give another... Uh, Does a lot of volunteer work. Apparently. Here's another Bobby Slow tweet. The bathtub is my best friend. Its porcelain will always support me until I get too fat and crack it. All right, Bobby Slow. Thank you for your kind donation. Follow Bobby Slow on Twitter. He's a good man. We're also plugging Minor Key Games, minorkeygames.com. Two brothers, David and Kyle Pittman. I don't like video games much, but I like these ones. You should play these. Do you like video games? I like uh, I like old video games like uh, Atari. Good answer, yeah. because that's the kind of video games they like, they, they, they make. They, uh, huh. they do new games that kind of feel old. Oh, I like that. They have this one called Super Win the Game. That I got obsessed with. It, it's so good. It's like a side scroller, like NES mm. kind of thing. Oh, cool. You have to collect jewels and, and all sorts of things. I was obsessed with this game for a good three days. Played it like pretty much nonstop. Beat it. I think I was one of the first to beat it on like Steam or oh, whatever. Really, really got to check it out. It's a fun one. Where, where, do you, where do you find it? Minorkeygames.com along with their other games. There's a stealth one, Neon Struct. Nice. Where you got to sneak around. That's fun. I like sneaking around. All right. Well, that's a game for you. So uh, (laughs) minorkeygames.com. Check out those games. And lastly, of course, Room Full of Spoons. (laughs) You know what that is? I don't know. Any guess? Uh, It sounds like an Alanis Morissette song. It is not an Alanis (laughs) Morissette song. No? It is the name of a new documentary coming out on the cult classic The Room. Ooh. 
Are you familiar with that film? The Room. I've seen The Room many times. Yes. All right. We're, well, our friend Rick Harper, he's been on the show a couple of times. He's got a documentary coming out. I don't know exactly when, but go to roomfullofspoons.com. It is shaping up to be the definitive documentary on The Room. He interviewed wow. damn near everybody who made the film. This is like this comprehensive thing he's spent years and years and years doing. That sounds awesome, actually. Yeah. So that's that's going to be good. I know it's going to be good because I've seen clips. It's pretty incredible. He talks to everybody. And uh, definitely check that out. Keep abreast of that progress. Mm-hmm. Roomfullofspoons.com. Yeah. I'm checking it out when I get home. Do it. All right. We are back with the cap for hey. Anthony. You seen any good movies lately? Last movie I saw in theaters was yeah. uh, I saw the the new Bond. Movie. Oh yeah, Spectre. Yeah, any good? It was good. I it's it's my first Bond movie that I've seen actually. First Bond movie. Yeah, and that's not even supposed to be one of like the better ones. <laughs> it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty good. You yeah. and uh, you and Chloe Peltier. Yeah, she's been working Spectre because she she records snippets for us where she. She works at an Alamo draft house. Okay. And so she sees parts of movies while she's serving people. Oh, okay. So every week she tells us about like what her thoughts were on the movie. She gives a review based on just seeing like a couple minutes of it at a time. (laughs) That's pretty funny. And she had never seen a Bond film before either. Yeah. She was walking in and out of Spectre. She was like, I kind of like this. Like, I like the vibe. Did you dig the vibe? It was a cool vibe. I mean... I, I was familiar with the idea of Bond, so like I didn't feel like I, I felt like I got it before, you know. You weren't so, like, "Who's this guy? Yeah, <laughs> what's he up to? Yeah, what's, <laughs> this doesn't seem like it's going to work out for him." No, <laughs> but then it does. Now, yeah, I was familiar with the with the formula, but I just never sat through an entire film. Did but, you play uh, Goldeneye at least as a kid? No, you know, as a kid, what I watched was a cartoon called James Bond Junior. Ah, yes. I remember James <laughs> Bond Jr. Yep. Not a lot of people remember that. They had action figures too, James Bond Jr. Oh, man. I don't know if I had one of those. I but... don't think anybody did, but they existed. <laughs> I remember them existing. Someone made them. You remember those like action figures? Because like your friends would always like have like a box full of action figures or whatever. Yeah. And like you would have just a, an assembly of action figures. There would always be like side characters where you, you, you had to like sit around and try and place like... What fucking cartoon was that guy from? Yeah. You're like looking at the foot, trying to see. Yeah, he's got an All eye right. patch. All right, Mattel made it. <laughs> this is copyright like 1992. Ah, oh, what would that be? It, it it was always very tough. Like, because they would all it would be Batman hanging out with like you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when yeah. you're playing with action figures and stuff. Yeah. There were always those ones where it's just like, first of all, why does that character even have like a figure? But it would yeah, just it's be like these, a butler. Yeah, <laughs> it would be like a or like just some monster with like one eye. And it's like I don't remember that guy. But James Bond Jr. I'm sure ended up in tons of like piles of action figures with kids. Yeah. That, with that kids would play with, and someone thought it was a side character that they couldn't place, but he was. The, yeah, they he probably was the one assumed it was from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for like as long as they had it, but no, they. Yeah. Their parent grabbed it from like the clearance rack of action figures nobody wanted, and it was a James Bond Jr. But yeah, I remember James Bond Jr. Yeah, so, so I, you, I watched that. You know, I, I was familiar with the. So story. how does this new one hold up to James <laughs> Bond Jr.? You know, it was a lot more adult. I have to say, <laughs> you're <laughs> like, look what they're getting away with with this one. Yeah, sex scenes. Yeah, and uh, you know, drinking actual alcohol. 
Because in the cartoon, no, he wants like an orange juice or something, yeah, shaken, he, not stirred. But in the movie, he's he's getting martinis. He's out of school. Yeah, he can go into a bar and people won't throw him out. Yep, no homework to deal with. Yeah, girls uh, aren't icky. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the opposite, yeah. actually. So that was was it. Kind of a shock to see a uh, you know PG thirteen <laughs> Bond. Yeah, yeah. I was I was surprised. He's all grown up now. You know. Yeah. But so am I. So it was. That's it, right. It was perfect. Interesting. <laughs> so yeah, if you were to go back and watch other Bonds, I'm trying to think what you should tackle. Like, I mean, I guess check out some Sean Connery. Yeah, that's the classic one. Classic. The one that doesn't get enough love, and name is escaping right now. But there was this guy George Lazenby mm-hmm. who was Bond once. He was Bond for one film. And he's notoriously known as like the shitty Bond or whatever. (laughs) But he has that reputation simply because he was only in it once. Like the actual film is one of the better Bond movies. And his actual look, he probably looks more like, like if you were to read like a James Bond novel and squint. Yeah. He looks like that in your mind. Okay, And uh, they wanted him to do more. It wasn't a question of that. He just didn't want to do anymore. And then now he has this like reputation. It's like, oh, he was the shitty Bond that mm. like did it for one and then done. Poor guy. But uh, I forget the name of that one now. But was, uh, was he the voice of James Bond Jr.? He was not. No, he had never had any more associates. I'm sure Jonathan Taylor Thomas was like <laughs> the voice of James Bond Jr. Or Zachary Ty Bryan or uh, what's the other one? <laughs> I, I'm surprised you know that many. I was trying to go for the hat trick. <laughs> the hat trick of home improvement <laughs> children. Oh, oh man. man. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, okay. Zachary, Zachary Ty Bryan, and... And then so which one is the one that's missing? Price. The younger one? It's or? a little one, I think. Oh. A little baby one. Mm. Oh, what's his name? See, I have a phone in my pocket. I could check it, but... That wouldn't be as much fun. Yeah. I think people want to listen to us struggle. Yeah. It's the struggle. It's the drama that people listen for when they listen to the Smug Film Podcast. Yeah. We could Google everything. Yeah. But that wouldn't be... It wouldn't be right. It's cheating. Yeah. So any other other films you've checked out, either in theaters or otherwise? I've been... (laughs) Maybe this sounds crazy, but I've been watching a lot. I'm trying to find as many documentaries as I can about... Just weird, like Illuminati, New World Order stuff. Really? Well, there's a lot of those on the internet. YouTube yeah. is like half that yeah. by now. Yeah. So I watched I watched one of them on, on YouTube recently, and then uh, last night, and then for most of today, I was watching some of those Zeitgeist ones ah, on, yes. on, on Netflix. Loose uh, change and whatnot, and yeah. all sorts of conspiracy docs. That stuff, I, I, I'm, I'm into that stuff right now. That's, yeah. <laughs> Did you learn anything any, anything interesting you can share with us? Yeah, I mean, if if you believe if you believe what's what's in there, the fact that uh, that uh, our government is uh, potentially funding both sides of every war for like the last two hundred years, mm. it's kind of uh, kind of interesting. That's interesting and and potentially real. <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of hedging your bets, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, and then they, they they take it pretty far in these in these films. So yeah. They, they they even say not only are they funding both sides, but they're creating the the issue in the first place. Yeah. See, that's and then creating the, the solution. That gets more into theory. I <laughs> yeah, guess. that's a little. Yeah, you can't really check. Well. Yeah, but I buy that there there's money in both sides. I oh, mean, yeah. it's like when you do stocks and you do like a whole bunch of ones. Yeah. You know, you just kind of hedge your bets. Yeah. So yeah, that stuff's. Uh, Pretty interesting. Also, I, I didn't realize that the uh, Federal Federal Reserve mm. uh, that actually means we don't our money's not based on anything. Yeah, 
That's the uh, the fiat system. It's all uh, it's all just paper credit. money. It's all credit. That's right. Make believe. Yeah. No We'd, gold standard. Nope. Not anymore. Nope. For like uh, over a hundred years. Yeah. Who knew? Money is paper, guys. It's just if you're listening it's at just home. Paper. Whatever you got in your pockets, send it to us because <laughs> it's worthless to it's you. It's totally worthless. It's, yeah. Just why do you want to have a bunch of pieces of paper with the same thing on it? Yeah, give them to me. I like paper. <laughs> he could draw on them. He could make a new special. Yeah. Just I'll... draw on money for your for your new special. <laughs> That'll be your budget. Do a Kickstarter for like five grand. Yeah. Transfer that to actual currency and then mm-hmm. just draw all over the five just grand. Just draw on the faces, mm-hmm. little different mouths. And, and that'll stuff. be your new special. That would be kind of an interesting idea, actually. I probably dubious is the legality or yeah, whatever. can you get in trouble? You can get arrested for that, can't you? Maybe defacing the yeah currency. I don't know. People stamp shit all over, but you never yeah. all the time. But they do that like where's my George or whatever. You track your bill and stuff. That's true, but they can't really prove who's doing it. Right. If I put out a special and I said I did this, <laughs> yeah. and it's here's a video of Could me doing it. Could be in trouble, it. there, guy. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I remember, um, I think it was a sister's friend back in when my sister was in high school. So I was probably pretty young. Saw Brad Pitt on the street. I think he was filming something or other and he was just walking alone, I guess. And um, got Brad Pitt's autograph on like a dollar bill. Wow. And he was like, I don't know if this is legal. (laughs) But he did it anyway? And he just did it anyway. So if you're listening at home and you work for the federal government, Track Brad Pitt because we have somebody has proof that he defaced some currency. Wow! You Which, know what? I always knew he was a he was a bad apple. Oh yeah, oh yeah, bad apple. <laughs> Brad Pitt, get it? Because Pitt, I guess I don't know. I, I guess <laughs> I, I don't know. It would work better if his last name was Cor. Yeah, Brad Cor. <sighs> Brad Cor. <laughs> I guess if if he was in a band. Yeah. You could call it Bradcore. Or Brad Worm would work as far as a, a bad apple. Ooh, yeah. That Brad Worm is a bad apple. <laughs> <laughs> or if it was Apple. Yeah. If his last that name was Apple. Brad Apples. It's a little too on the nose. <laughs> Brad Apples. Because Bad it's, Apple. It's, it just See, Brad it, Apple yeah. even sounds like Bad Apple. Yeah, you're just taking out one letter. It's got that alliteration and that rhyming that, that could work for like, if he was like, you're running against him mm-hmm. for like Senate. Yeah. That Brad Apple's a bad apple. <laughs> so if uh, if he's, if Brad Pitt's listening, yeah. uh, career advice, change your name to Apple, Brad, Brad Apple. Worm, mm-hmm. or Core. We're pulling for Apple. At this point, I think Apple is the best bet. You know, you bring up an interesting point about the Core thing because Core is kind of a good last name because then it just sounds like, like you're Anthony Core. Yeah. And it sounds like you're like a movement. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's Anthony Core. And it could be whatever kind of movement. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm Cody Core. <laughs> Listen to Cody Core. <laughs> you know? Maybe that's the na- new name of the podcast. Yeah, Smug Core. Smug Core Podcast. Smug Film Core. <laughs> More f- Smug Film Corp. Isn't Ooh. it interesting that Core and Corp, here's our conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, here you, you go. You know how movements are like Core, mm-hmm. Hardcore, uh, what other Core? Why am I blanking on Cores at the moment? Grindcore. Uh, Grindcore. Whatever. Yeah. But Core and Corp. Yes. One letter off. So it's about... Coincidence? I don't yeah. think so. Mm-hmm. 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 First you're a core, then you're a corporation if you get if you get big enough. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, this podcast... Think about it. This podcast is an inside job. Think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, guys. Shit just got real. Thanks to Anthony Kaffer. 
That's all I do, man. I just keep it real. That's right. <laughs> all right. Any final thoughts for our audience? I think we're going to ski daddle. Uh, final thoughts. I guess just uh, support live comedy. That's right. Support if, independent filmmakers. If you're in New York City, come see uh, Anthony. What are, what are some of the places you usually uh, perform in the city? Uh, I'm at Greenwich Village Comedy Club a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you can find me at Broadway Comedy Club. Sometimes you can find me at New York Comedy Club. But, you know, just anywhere, man. I mean, yeah. uh, on the, I'm, I'm working on some more road road gigs. So, you know, outs, outside New York, uh, trying to work on it. But everything will be up on uh, anthonycapfer.com. That's where you can get my animated special. That's where you can find out where I'm going to be. That's where you can find my, my Twitter and all that. Yeah. You can find and- all the links to anything having to do with me on there. So. And Patreon donors, check your inbox because you can watch his special right now. Yeah, that's you know right, what? and I like it. I'm yeah, damn, I'm, I'm damn. What damn do you proud give your special out of five? I give it a six. You give it a six. I give it a six, six, six. Six hundred sixty-six out of five. Yeah, that's a, it's a an rational Im- fraction. <laughs> it's not only improper. That's a tough it's one. It's irrational. <laughs> it's irresponsible, if you ask me. That's an irresponsible fraction. That's a whole. Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> you write that on the test, you get a big X. That's yeah. Yeah, well, uh, a, I, but I, I'm happy with it. I, you know, I. I'm pretty proud of it. Good. I, I, I enjoyed myself. Yeah. It brought back memories, like I said. And uh, I think I think people will enjoy it. I'm actually I'm working on uh, screening at places too. I, I don't have anything on the books right now, but okay. I'm trying to take it, take the special on the road. Right on. Put it into the theaters. Mm. The small theaters. You should do a commentary for it too, maybe. Yeah, I wanted to. I I, I recorded. I I did record one commentary track with a, a, a comedian friend of mine but what we did instead was we watched the first 30 minutes of blue velvet <laughs> <laughs> did so, it line up did, did it sync up we we tried to find similarities like we had uh, i have a projector at home so we watched the blue velvet on the projector and then we just had on on one of our phones we had the cartoon mm. so we could kind of look over and see what was happening um okay i don't know if anything relevant happened but we had a good time <laughs> I don't know if I'll do anything with that audio, but I might just do a proper commentary track. I hear you. Yeah. Well, they got that to look forward to, hypothetically, maybe. <laughs> maybe. We'll see. What and uh, definitely check out the uh, stamp special in the meantime. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for listening. See you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.